The Black Male Archives, where we capture, curate, and promote positive stories about black men. All right, welcome back to the Black Male Archives. I am your host, Rodney Freeman, and we have with us Andre Hall of Hall Wealth Management. Sir, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. How about yourself? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Now, you're on the West Coast. Is that correct? I'm in lovely California where uh, everyone else in the country talks about us. <laughs> <laughs> Man, well, it is good to have you on this podcast. We just wanted to see how you got your business started, kind of uh, learn about your background. So if you can tell the listeners uh, basically where you're from and your, your background. Well, where I'm from is Los Angeles, born and raised mainly in Los Angeles. My father was a uh, career man in the Navy. Uh, he served in World War II, Korean War, and Vietnam. Uh, we did some traveling, not a lot, but some. Uh, and the thing about it was it was always never a lot of money, but always a lot of love. Yeah. And uh, basically... He um, he taught me a lot. You know, he was a tough guy, uh, basic guy, though. Uh, things like I didn't know there was anything to a salad other than a piece of lettuce and a little dressing until I was 17 <laughs> or 18. Yeah. Uh, but uh, never a lot of money. Um, I remember uh, I turned down like some scholarship offers and decided I wanted to go to USC. But uh, the coach there told me I had to go do a year at a JC, mm -hmm. uh, and I needed, back then it was cheap, long time ago. <laughs> it was $6.50 to register and about $50 for books. What? <laughs> and, 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 my, and I told my father, hey, man, I, I need about $60 from you. I, I, when he said, follow me, I knew what he was going to do. <laughs> Took me to the garage. Showed him the lawnmower that I used growing up and still used until the day I left the house and yeah. said, you know how to go mow lawns, go out there and earn your $60. You know how to do it. It was a push lawnmower that had never been sharpened, but that's the way my father operated. Yeah. Uh, he taught me a lot. It's my stepfather, but he raised me and loving to death. Um, but that's how I was raised. I was raised never to stop, quit never to mm -hmm. give up. And yeah. that's kind of how I've always uh, lived my life. Yeah. Yeah. So tell, so tell us about your career background then, because it seemed like that was uh, the, the, the motivation to start this entrepreneurial, the, the spirit that you already have then from that. But tell us about your career. Well, I wish it had been that. I um, uh, started off uh, uh working for Xerox, uh, and I spent over 20 years at Xerox, uh, coming up, going up through the ranks, uh, but I wish I had left a lot earlier. Basically, mm. the kind of jobs I did at Xerox, I was a, uh, uh, started off as a sales rep, mm. went to sales manager, specialist, a number of other different jobs. I uh, ended up being a uh, vice president of marketing, then a vice president of online marketing worldwide. I ran a, uh, business unit that was about $3 billion in revenue, mm -hmm. and basically with responsibility for uh, development, product development, manufacturing, uh, sales and marketing, and uh, distribution. Mm. And when I look back at all of those things, though, 
I had a good base and learned a lot, at least enough from Xerox in the first five or six years, mm-hmm. definitely within 10 years, where I should have left at that time and went out and did my own thing. Mm-hmm. Why do I say that? Because what I would tell you and tell uh, the young Black uh, uh, men and women listening to this is that in the corporate world, you could earn a good living. Mm-hmm. You can make real good money, but you don't get rich in the corporate world being a W-2. Mm. You get rich by being an entrepreneur and going out there and doing things on your own. Mm -hmm. There's risk to that. Obviously, you can go broke. There's a lot of things that can happen, uh, but you got to take those chances. Uh, I'm not saying you don't go into the corporate world. I think most people should do that, go into a good company, understand the kind of training that particular company can give you to give mm-hmm. you a good base mm-hmm. to begin with. Learn a lot, um, depending on what your idea is for going out there and doing something on your own. Uh, is it more important to know uh, more about sales than manufacturing, than development, product development or something, some kind of gaming. I'm just using that as an Mm -hmm. example, uh, programming that you need to know and understand. But a lot of people have made a lot of money doing a lot of different things. Yeah. And you got to um, figure out what it is that, you have that passion for mm-hmm. that you have the capabilities to do mm-hmm. and go out there and uh, do it. Yeah. Yeah. Would you, would you, you know, I'm just thinking off the top of my head, would you recommend somebody do this like earlier on in the career or if they're like later on in their career, like maybe around their, the 45, 60 versus like their 20, 25 30 type of thing or does it even matter it doesn't matter but i would tell anyone today uh if you're you know out of school at 21 22 23 work until 30 at that good solid corporation that's giving you a good solid base to begin with Mm -hmm. training wise development wise to see how things are done and you, and you, and by the way, so I don't forget about this. You want to see as many fat, uh, 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 parts of the business as you can. Mm-hmm. I had to hit comes mm-hmm. here. Sorry, mm-hmm. as many parts of the business as you can. So you want to work in different areas. Yeah. You want to learn more than just one area, mm-hmm. uh, and then go out there and uh, do it. But I would not wait. If you got five to 10 years, you don't need to wait into another 20 years before you go out there and uh, attempt to do it. Okay. Okay. So tell us about when you took that leap and you, you, you went out and did it on your own. Well, first of all, I did it later in life, obviously. Um, And I I had a good time in the corporate world, but I decided I had a uh, son that had just been born and I didn't want to travel like I had been traveling. I tra- I've been on airplanes. I'm a two million mile flyer on American, two million on United, and a million on a couple others. I didn't want to travel like that anymore. Yeah. So I wanted to be around the house as he was growing up. 
So I looked around and decided, what is it that I could do that I would enjoy doing and that I could have a passion about? And it was kind of easy because I was kind of doing some of that in this. Uh, I say some of that in this because at Xerox, I've had, I don't want to say a large number, but a number of folks, you know, probably 10 to 15, maybe more than that, uh, folks that either the employee or the spouse passed away. Oh, okay. And they would always come. I don't know why. I guess I had the right empathy uh, uh, that they were looking for. Mm-hmm. And they would come to me just to talk or to ask for advice. Mm-hmm. What should they do next? And I started studying uh, uh, financial planning at that okay. time while I was still at Xerox. And it just, quite frankly, was something I really enjoyed, enjoyed not just helping those people because they were people I knew, but because I knew I could and I had a passion for it. And I realized that I was pretty good at it. Yeah. So tell us, what is financial planning? Well, financial planning is really looking at all facets of your life. It's not just investment planning where you're investing money. It's not just uh, trying to project how much, how many dollars you're going to have left over at retirement, because it's all about all the pieces that come into play from a legacy standpoint. What do you want to, what do you want your children, your grandchildren to know and think about you when you're gone? Have you planned that out? Have you laid that out? That's just a a piece of it. Have you done the right things with estate planning? Mm -hmm. Uh, There are a lot of things that I'm passionate about, but I'm real passionate about estate planning for a number of reasons. One reason is that I've seen kids who were raised by their parents, one spouse pass away, the uh, remain, uh, remaining spouse remarries and they pass away. And that person who was probably a nice person in most cases, but they now have control over the entire estate because no planning was done so that the couple who accumulated all of that wealth, mm-hmm. their child, natural children, children don't get any of it. Because yeah. the that spouse that was uh, left standing, who was not one of the natural parents, left it to their children. Mm, yeah. And they were yeah. not part of that accumulation of that wealth. So the yeah. right planning wasn't done, as okay. an example. I've okay. seen examples whereby a parents, I just, it's a recent one here that's going on, uh, they always said they had done the planning for their disabled daughter. And I have a passion for that, uh, for special needs trust. Mm-hmm. I don't do trust, but I help uh, my clients plan them because mm-hmm. I have a disabled son myself, mm-hmm. a special needs son myself. Mm-hmm. And I've seen it where siblings will commit that brother or sister to a facility. Mm-hmm. Okay. Just to get rid of them. Mm-hmm. And that 
brother, that a special needs child doesn't see a dime of the dollars that should have been coming to them mm-hmm. because there's no one there to defend them. There's right. nothing laid out ahead of time. I've also seen it whereby they things weren't laid out. Matter of fact, going back to that, I've seen them actually put them out on the street. A lot of mm-hmm. these homeless people or people that were always disabled, not just became uh, uh, mentally mentally incompetent later on in life, but always, mm-hmm. but they are just put out on the street. Yeah, and I've seen that, and so it's those kinds of things that uh, I'm passionate about. And especially if you don't do the right kind of special needs trust, as an example, all the uh, services that a special needs person can get, i.e., Medicare. Yeah. Uh, SSI, those things, if they have an inheritance, they'll have to spend that down without a special needs trust versus that special needs trust that enables them to uh, keep that wealth and use it to supplement things that they need that Medicare and uh, SSI don't provide for. Mm-hmm. Uh, but again, it's those kinds of things, planning things and I can go on and on, but there's, yeah. it, it's not really what you make in life. It's what you keep. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And yeah. failure to plan. We learned this early on. Failure to plan is planning to fail. Yeah. 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 <laughs> That's funny. My dad always said that. So uh, I, I want to ask you though, because this actually, what you just said reminds me of the situations with two, um, entertainers that i can think of john singleton i think uh prince uh where people got into battle over this estates because i don't think there were any type of wills left in place well maybe in the case of prince but i know with john singleton he kind of he died like uh you know all of a sudden type of thing um so one of the things what what do you recommend that people do to kind of just to get that started like what if they don't want to go through the formal process can they just write something down on a piece of paper or does that count or what, what, how should they go about getting this started? Well, I'm not an attorney, so I can't say it counts, but they can read up on it, but yes, they can do that. Um, At the same time, I wouldn't recommend that because one of the things people don't realize is that whatever you got goes through probate. Mm. Now let's say you got a million dollar home, but you owe $800,000 on it. You got at least 200,000 in equity, okay? Mm -hmm. But the way probate works, the attorney that the courts will uh, uh, assign uh, will get 15 to 20% of that. Mm -hmm. What's 20% of a million? Mm -hmm. And it's based on the million, not the 200,000. So that 200,000 in equity they're going to get the whole 200,000 in equity. 20% of a million is 200,000. So the heirs get, would get zero from the sale of that home. And so that's, you know, you want to plan. I can't say it any other way. Uh, Worst case, you go to uh, 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 some online uh, uh, trust uh, uh, company where you can do, uh, your own online trust. That's still not a good way to go, but still better than nothing. Uh, mm-hmm. But I would say you can do that uh, versus just handwriting something out. Uh, yeah. And you want us trust, not a will. 
Yeah. A will okay. still has to go through probate. A trust does not. But mm. you also got to make sure you appoint the right person. Mm. I've seen so many children uh, who, once they come of age, they're looking around. My parents left me such and such. And whoever was that trustee, they're usually long gone, but it's zero left. Mm. Because they didn't, the parents didn't plan on the right person as the administrator slash trustee. Yeah, yeah. Man, that's so important. That's so important. What um as as far as um your business, then how do you what what do you um what do you recommend your clients do when it comes time to um like really kind of outline or create an inventory of, of what they have do is, is that something that should be like an ongoing thing or a yearly thing where, where people like kind of go around their house and take inventory of their stuff. So they'll know what to leave their, their kids or what do you guys recommend them to do when it comes to the stuff that they want to leave? Well, a couple of things. Number one, obviously there are these cherished uh, possessions that don't have a large dollar value mm -hmm. that you want your certain of your children to have. Mm -hmm. Okay. It's like in my case, there was this one picture of my mother when she was in her twenties mm -hmm. that was carved in wood in Japan in this glass case from a photo oh, that wow. was beautiful. That's the only thing I wanted. Oh, wow. That's the only thing I wanted. So yeah. it just depends. Yeah. Uh, but at the same time, yes, you always want to have an inventory. But obviously, I'm going to be blunt. You're, you're more interested in, I think, two areas. Number one, your overall estate. And depending on how big it is or maybe the major thing is a home. But a lot of times that home, has, especially in this day and age, has a lot of value. So you want to make sure you have things laid out the right way uh, and how you want things distributed. Uh, when you have both um, qualified dollars, which are like IRAs, 401ks, non-qualified dollars where you've already paid the taxes on it, you may want one child to get those dollars, the non-qualified, and another get the IRA dollars because there's going to be taxes on the IRA dollars. And if one child may not be quite as successful as the other and not in a higher income bracket, that's mm -hmm. the one you would leave the IRA dollars to. Okay. okay. Just as an example. Uh, but it is those kinds of, that's simple planning, but you want to get a whole lot more in depth, really, you know, and everything, everybody's different. Everybody has different family circumstances and situations that you got to drill down to. You can't mm -hmm. just talk on the top of the surface. You got to yeah. drill down to understand what's most important. And then and once you find out the things that are most important, mm -hmm. that's how you start planning. Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, you got to plan for, because you want to plan going up to retirement in the accumulation phase, more important out really in a lot of ways, the distribution phase. Because in distribution, if you're not taking dollars from the right bucket at the right time, and you take too many from one bucket of qualified versus non-qualified, uh, 
you're going to end up paying more, a lot more in taxes up to 50%. Yeah. So it's all of these kind of things, but you got to plan. Yeah. You, you can't, you can't plan in December for your tax situation for 2022. You yeah. can in December of 2022 plan to figure out how to save for taxes uh, in uh, uh, December of 2022. And I didn't say that too clearly, but the bottom line is planning for uh, in the accumulation phase to minimize taxes along the way you got to mm-hmm. plan that through a 10 or 15 year period before retirement. Mm-hmm. And then in retirement, you still got to plan even more because you could have 30 years in retirement, 15 mm-hmm. to 30 years in retirement. You need to plan that distribution phase just as much as you did the accumulation phase and more so in a lot of cases to minimize the taxes on your mm-hmm. dollars. So, so last question before we get out of here, what, what, what motivates you to continue to do this? What, what's the motivation behind this passion? Well, it, it's a passion for helping people. I really do enjoy helping people. Obviously, we all try to earn a living. I'm not going to lie about that. Yeah. Uh, but I do have a passion. for. I like it. I feel good. I feel yeah. good when I help people. Yeah. Um, at the same time, I also feel good. I... Um, have done a number of things with uh, teenagers and giving presentations and talking through um, uh, things that they can do uh, with their lives right now to prepare themselves, not to be a financial advisor per se, but just to prepare themselves Yeah, and uh, talking through those things. So I enjoy doing those things. I've been um, uh, on the board of Challengers Boys and Girls Clubs, a couple of those uh, uh, board of directors. So I really enjoy working with, uh, young folks and I enjoy helping. Yeah. Yeah. That's where I can put it. But I tell you, the one thing I would leave you, uh, everyone with is if you have a passion for something, figure out how you can make earn a living at it. Okay. So if you have a passion for something, figure out how you can earn a living, do that business plan, do that marketing plan, figure out how you can get financing for it. And doesn't necessarily mean you got to go, if you got a rich dad or mother, great. But most of us don't have that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I got to say this, in my whole life, my dad never gave me $100 at one time. Mm. So, <laughs> never. <laughs> uh, and, and so you got to figure out if you're passionate enough about it, you'll mm-hmm. figure out how to get the dollars to go do it. And there are yeah. a lot of dollars, SBA loans and a lot of other things that are out there that yeah. you can go and do. So yeah. black folks, we need to do more, have more of our own businesses. You've heard that from many guys and ladies like myself. That's something we need to do. And I would urge anybody Growing up right now, 10 years old, 30 years old, whatever, start figuring out and start thinking through what can I do on my own that I can be passionate about, enjoy doing, and earn a great living at it. Yeah. 
That's that is so true, man. And I, I'm glad you said that. And I'm glad you you leave us with those words. Can you tell the listeners one um, any other projects that you're working on right now and two where they can find you on social media? Well, uh, as far as any projects, we are uh, we've always done like college planning and working with uh, uh, divorcees and uh, women that have been widowed. Uh, but I have a person that specializes in those three areas now. Mm-hmm. And it is uh, an area that's so important. It's so specialized because college planning, college, you know, everyone knows the college cost of college mm-hmm. yeah. is just uh, soaring. Okay. Uh, and so I have someone that specializes in that, specializes uh, working with women uh, that are either a widow or divorcee. And so uh, that's something that we've expanded in. uh, And uh, we would love to help you if you want our help. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. And and then uh, are you guys on social media or what platforms are you guys on? Well, there's a couple we can't be on. We can't be on TikTok, naturally. We can't be on Instagram with my broker dealer. Uh, (laughs) It's my company, but I have a broker dealer that provides all the oversight and compliance. But uh, my website is hwmg-lpl.com. Again, hwmg-lpl.com. Facebook.com slash Hall Wealth. Again, Facebook.com slash Hall Wealth. YouTube.com slash at Hall Wealth. And if you want, you can go to uh, LinkedIn and find me, Andre Hall. as far as my email, if someone wants to send me an email, it's andre.hall at lpl.com. Awesome, sir. Hey, this has been good. And, you know, I always love learning new stuff. And you taught me something new. Um, I'm going to go start planning right now. <laughs> <laughs> we, we all need to. We yes, all sir. Need to. Yes, sir. Thank you so much for being on the Black Male Archives podcast, where we capture, curate, and promote positive stories about Black men, which you are one of. Thank you, sir, for your time. Thank you for having me. Thank you. Thank you again for listening to another episode of the Black Male Archives podcast. Did you know that we have an archive full of positive stories about Black men? Yes. Over on our website, theblackmailarchives.com, you can check out full-fledged news articles about positive black males. So please go over and check that out. Also, check out our sister platform, which is Powerful Women of Color. It's on Facebook and Instagram. You can also check out the archives that they have over at powerfulwomenofcolor.com.